Welcome to the Vulnerable Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Almeida. Each week, we'll share the inspiring story of someone who has faced their share of vulnerability and been able to find success and fulfillment. We hope all our stories will help you find the strength within yourself to live the life you want and find success of your own. Andy Mineo said, I think when I show my vulnerability, people relate with that because they know deep down inside that they have vulnerable moments and they can really connect and identify with me on those things. This is episode nine of the Vulnerable Podcast with Darlene Garcia. When she was just 12 years old, she would go through the traumatic experience of being molested and would be something that she'd bury deep inside herself for almost 30 years. It would take the loss of her husband before she began dealing with this and many other emotions she'd been suppressing. A motorcycle accident took the person she loved most in the world away from her, and she had no idea how she was going to survive. Taking a grief recovery program not only helped her find ways to cope, but would lead her in a new career direction. She began to learn that as hard as losing the love of her life was, it was going to teach her how to live a fuller and better life. Still missing him every single day, she now tells his story on stages and helps others recover from their own grief. Now a certified transformational coach and advanced grief recovery method specialist, she's helping individuals and corporations alike. Helping companies recognize that grieving employees lead to less productive and profitable organization. She feels stronger than ever before, living a fulfilled life and spending time with the most people in the world to her, her family. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get vulnerable with Darlene Garcia. Hey, Darlene, thank you for coming on the Vulnerable Podcast. Uh, I'm uh, really glad that you decided to come on. I, I followed your story. We've chatted a little bit, I think, through online, um, not so much in person. But uh, I'm, I think you've got uh, a story that will definitely help some people get through some of the struggles that they might have experienced or currently experiencing. So again, thank you for coming on. Yeah, and thank you so much for having me. Honestly, the honor is mine to be here. Any opportunity that I have to be able to share my story, um, you know, on different platforms um, and different channels is always, um, it's always an honor. I'm glad that you're so open to share. So the first question I like to ask all my guests is, what is your definition of vulnerability? Um, so for me, um, being uh, vulnerable or vulnerability is really having courage um, to step into something that um, has a lot of fear around it. Um, and so, you know, in my in my world, my fear uh, with sharing my story or letting people in about where I was with my pain and my loss. Um, that was a really tough time for me. And I didn't want people to see um, what I thought was weakness um, in sharing my emotions and, um, you know, making people know that I'm actually lost um, without my husband. And so uh, as I started to share a little bit more, I realized that vulnerability was really more about having courage, having courage to share, having courage to be who you are. Um, regardless of what other people think or feel um, about you. And um, vulnerability takes a lot of, a lot of strength, a lot of courage, and people don't realize that. Well, that's, uh, you know, a great definition. And it's what I, what I keep noticing. And, and, and it's just, to me, it's interesting is like, I haven't had somebody say the same thing. 
which is really interesting. And that's oh, wow. Think, well, and, and I think that's the cool part about the whole vulnerable and vulnerability. Right. That everybody defines it differently. Everybody has a different way of showing it, sharing it, whatever it might be. And that's sort of why I went this direction. Uh, you know, this whole idea started with an article series that just never took off. And I decided to switch to a podcast. And it's been it's been quite interesting. But anyways, uh, I, I diverse. <laughs> um, <laughs> no worries. No worries. I, so, I think that's cool that everyone has a different way of looking at vulnerability because it could mean different things to different people, right? So... No, for sure. Uh, so what would you say, um, you know, would be your earliest memory of facing vulnerability or going through some sort of struggle in your life was? Oh, wow. My earliest memory. Um, so I think, I think that I want to say that my er earliest memory of being vulnerable um, was when I actually experienced um, being um molested and um being able to come out and tell my story um and that wasn't easy because i was 12 years old so um i kept that in i pretended for so long um and there was only very few people that knew about that story um and it wasn't until i started to work through my deep grief um of losing my husband, which is very recent. So you're looking at, I was 12 and then now I'm in my late forties. Um, and so that was like, you know, over 30 years ago, um, that this incident happened and it took that long for me to be able to just share my human emotion about where I was in that space as a 12 year old, um, and realizing that sharing what I went through, um, was going to be able to help others uh, to be empowered to have a voice and to share their stories as well. So that's my earliest memory, I think, of, of um, a time when I was very vulnerable um, and how long it took me to share to share that story. So how would you say, like, I'm, I'm going to assume that, you know, obviously the passing of your husband had something to do with you deciding to open up, but what else did you do to help yourself overcome that situation? Like what other, I guess, you know, whatever, whether it was practices or something that you did, like what, what else helped you overcome that? Well, the first thing I started to do was I started to journal. Um, and, you know, someone kind of gave me that suggestion was just journal and put all your, your thoughts on paper. Um, and after a while, as I was looking back at my journaling, I was scribbling. I couldn't understand my own writing. Um, and so then I started to journal on Facebook and just putting my thoughts out there and never looking back at what I was writing, never commented, never looked to see how many people liked it or whatever. It was just, just my way of getting my thoughts out. Um, and then as I started to talk to people in person or over the phone or through outside of Facebook, like text messaging or whatever, then people would start to tell me that me sharing my story was inspiring them. And I had no idea um, that that's what I was doing. I just, it, for me, it was like a one way street. It was, this was just my way of getting my feelings out. Um, even though I knew it was Facebook, it wasn't about, oh, I'm going to share this with the world. It was just, I'm going to put my stuff down on social media. Every chance I got, it was the easiest way go on Facebook, put a post, whatever, um, and then let it go and leave it alone. Um, and so that, uh, presented, um, a first step in my healing journey was when people started to say, Hey, continue to share. We love that you're sharing your story. It's giving me, um, courage to share my story or to, 
or to help me feel um, and know that my feelings are okay to feel. Um, so that was the first one. Um, but the real transformation for me was when I actually did the work on my healing and that was through the grief recovery method. Um, and so taking that workshop and learning all the correct tools to heal from my broken heart um, was really transformational for me and it helped me to understand grief and human emotions in a way that I never understood it before in my entire life. Um, and then vulnerability started to really resonate and come out of me. And now I was intentional about sharing my story with people um, because I knew that number one, it helped in my healing. Number two, it was helping others in their healing. Um, and number three, it was a way to continue to honor my late husband. So, so the one thing that I, I mean, I took from what you said at the beginning there, and this is something that I try and you know tell anybody because it's sort of worked for me as well. I mean, my situation and losing my job a couple of years ago is, is, you know, nothing in comparison to, to sort of what's happened for you. But the one thing that I find similar between the two is that when I started to put myself out there, I found people that related with the situation. Right. And I think that what you were talking about there is that relatability is what mm -hmm. helped you overcome it because you found other people that had either gone through a similar struggle, the same struggle, something, you know, whatever it might be. And, and I find that that relatability is what can help a lot of us sort of overcome or push through a lot of these situations because otherwise you just feel alone you feel like i'm right. the only one and something's wrong with me but when you realize that there's other people out there it sort of starts to open you up a bit so yeah I mean, it helps you to feel start to feel normal like there's something wrong with you like you're not crazy um and and you're right i mean it's that human connection that we have with people and we connect because of relatable stories Right. So um, knowing that you're not like you said, you're not alone in this world um, and that there's others out there that are suffering um, very similar situations. Right. So, yeah, for sure. So what 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 new strength did this present in you? Like what strength did you find in yourself after going through this work and after going through these situations? Like what did it help you discover in yourself? Um, it, it actually helped me to discover that, number one, I'm a lot stronger than I thought I was. Um, and, you know, it's one of the things that um, my late husband would always tell me was that I was always stronger than him. And I never understood what that meant. Um, and now I know, right, he always knew that I had this inner strength inside of me. And um, to be able to find that, to be able to find my voice, to be able to find my identity of who I am um, after him, right? So after that life. And uh, those discoveries um, really led me to um, what I call now self-love transformation um, because I didn't like myself very much. And I, I didn't like myself because I didn't know who I was, right? I always, like, I always felt like Frank was my crutch. He was like the other half of me. I always said that. Um, and through um, finding healing and self-love transformation, I realized that I've always been a whole person, right? Frank was definitely my partner in life, my soulmate. Um, but he didn't, he wasn't half of me. I'm like a full human. And so was he. Um, and so really just putting that into like a concept in my mind helped me to grow as an individual and to embrace who I was, um, who I have become um, since his death. Um, and that has really given me uh, so much courage in getting out there and sharing every part of my life, not just what my life was with him, how things have been after him, but like sharing my story about being molested. Like I never did that. 
you know, I never, no one ever knew. My kids never knew. My sisters never knew um, that that had happened to me. My brothers never knew. And so it was one of those stories that were hidden so deep inside. It was in my core that kind of stayed hidden for so long. And so now I'm able to like really identify with me from at such a young age and moving forward and what were some of my attributes growing up that I still continue to have and then where have I evolved um, as an adult with my husband and then after him right so it's constant learning and self-discovery um, and then just leading me to that self-love transformation and now I have this um, huge passion to share and continue to give love to people because I know that you know, that's really where healing resonates is in love. No, I couldn't agree more. I mean, you know, again, when I sort of had my situation happen a couple of years ago, what I realized very quickly was that I hadn't focused on myself for quite some time. I had focused on either outside factors, outside things, material things, or other people, and I hadn't put any time into myself. And so I agree with you that, you know, finding yourself, figuring out who you are, and loving yourself is 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 key to to any journey in life or to getting anywhere in life because if right. you don't work on yourself first you can't expect to really help anybody else or yeah. go any further yeah. in, in my opinion right. so i couldn't i couldn't agree more so this question is one that i always find hard to uh, to really put into words cuz it's really each person's perception is different but the the question is sort of like how much vulnerability or how much struggle would you say you face in your life like a little, a lot. And and the reason I ask this is because I just want to give people perspective because everybody out there, I'm sure has faced something in their life. And, and the whole point of this podcast is to show people, you know, no matter what you face, no matter what you're going through, health issue, personal, you know, relationship, whatever it might be, there's ways out or there's ways to, to get through it. Right. So would right. you say you've, you faced a lot, a little, you know, somewhere in between, how would you define it? And then as well, you know, if you wouldn't mind sharing a few more stories or, or, you know, giving more context to some of the stories you've already shared, that'd be great. Yeah. So through my self-discovery um, and self-love transformation and reflecting back on my life, I realized that I had many moments in my life of vulnerability. Um, one of them was in my career and um, you know, I was in my corporate space for so long um, and I really felt like, you know, I wasn't moving up fast enough and I wasn't doing things um, to make me um, get noticed um, by my employer. And then um, I, I realized that it was because I didn't have courage to be a leader, to speak up and um, to do things. Um, and so number one, I felt very intimidated because I was in a man's world. Um, number two, I only had a high school diploma and he didn't have degrees. And a lot of times when you put in for positions, they're looking for like a bachelor's degree or, you know, something similar, a master's or something. And so I always felt deflated in um, applying for higher positions and seeing what the, what the criteria was. Um, and so I didn't put in for positions um, early on in my career right away because of all those things. Um, but then when I started to lean into my job more and I started to feel more comfortable in what I was doing, I realized that I actually really was a badass. I'm sorry if, if I shouldn't have said that. But. <laughs> totally fine, totally fine. And, and so, you know, once I started to have that courage, I started to apply for positions and I started to believe in myself 
Um, and I started to get out of that mindset of regardless if you're in a man's world or not, like if they don't hire you, there's always something else that's going to open up or you know what? It's their loss, right? Because they picked someone else over me. Um, and so I had to shift my mindset and that was like early on in my career. Um, probably back in my, like maybe mid twenties, um, when I came to that realization, um, the other part of, of my vulnerability and even today, this still resonates so strongly with me is speaking like i love to speak i love to get out there and the reason i love to do that is because i know that i could reach so much more people in a shorter amount of time than to speak one-on-one -on -one with others right and sharing my story and talking about grief and giving grief a voice that's my biggest passion in life now um but every time I get up or right before I'm going to get up to speak, I have this huge fear. I can't eat. I can't sleep. <laughs> and everyone says, oh, well, you know, all speakers feel like that. I'm like, I don't know. But it's just something that I just have a hard time getting, you know, overcoming. And everyone says, well, that's normal. Yeah, it probably is normal. Um, but I usually just take a deep breath when it actually happens um, and then just lean in. And once I speak, like my first few words or my first sentence or whatever, then the fears go away and then everything just kind of, kind of comes out naturally, right? Because I just, it's my story. I'm not sharing something that I don't know. Um, most of the time I'm not looking at a slideshow or a piece of paper because I like to kind of speak from the heart. Um, but that also brings out a lot of vulnerability in me because when I speak from the heart, that means that there's a lot of human emotion tied to that. Um, and so there's going to be moments of crying. There's going to be moments of getting very passionate and my voice raising in certain ways. Um, and so sometimes that can um, put a lot of fear inside of me because I don't know how people are going to take that. Right. So, yeah. I, I mean, so people that know me um, would say I'm a fairly confident guy and I talk a lot. I mean, my mom told me when I was like two years old, I'd walk up to random people in the mall and invite them to my birthday party. Um, <laughs> so I've always been quite the talker, but I, w I will say to, and whether it helps, uh, you know, at all, but I will say that even when I started public speaking last year and did a few events, even with that confidence and even knowing that I've been talking since I could walk, basically, um, I still get nervous too. Um, you know, and, and I'm similar to you. I don't like to prepare. I maybe put a couple of notes down, but I don't like that whole, you know, let me sit there and read from a speech. I, I'd right. rather just share openly and see where it goes. And if it goes well, great. And if it doesn't, oh, well, it's a learning experience. But yeah. just, I thought, you know, it, it, somebody, it, it doesn't really matter. It seems, you know, whether you're extremely confident, whether you have those struggles or not. I, I think what, what people have shared with you in terms of every speaker goes through that, it might be true because, you know, it's it's just not easy. You're you're getting up in front of a crowd of people. You got that many eyeballs on you. I mean, one of my past guests, he like used to you know turn red, sweat profusely, all that kind of stuff when he was a child, getting up in front of just like you know twenty or thirty of his classmates, right? So you know, I can imagine for everybody, it's a little bit different. But at the same time, there's still that that vulnerability that we all share in terms of just you know that little bit of nerves that that hits you. But I'm glad that you've you know been able to sort of work past it once you get out there and, and start sharing. So yeah. all the, all these things that you've had to work through and go through, how would you say that they've helped you get to where you are now? Um, you know, I think it's just um, really helped me to, I guess, figure out my purpose in life, right? Um, losing Frank was the deepest loss that I've ever felt um, before. And it was to the point where I had um, no, no motivation to participate in life. 
And so what I do now in sharing my story, um, letting people know that being vulnerable is actually being courageous and brave um, and being transparent about how you feel and not looking for acknowledgement or uh, accolades from anyone but yourself. Like you have to find all of that stuff from within um, has really given me a purpose to live. Um, because again, you know, just losing him has been the biggest struggle in my life. Um, but knowing that I can give back to the world um, through my heartbreak and sharing my story and sharing his story too, because I mean, he, um, you know, he had a legacy of wanting to help people, especially kids, and always living in the present moment. And I learned that from him, um, and then was just validated to me recently. Um, that living in the present moment is really the only way to go. And so, you know, there was a lot of things that I learned being his wife, being his partner in life, um, that, you know, living in the present moment, creating memories and putting so much value in your life, your family, um, is what's really important at the end of the day. Um, and so that has helped me just give me this huge purpose. And I always tell people that my purpose in life now is so far greater than me. Like I could never come up with this myself. Um, but because of what I've been through, because of my heartbreak, and because of the fact that I have been blessed with so much healing and wisdom that I've learned from my grief, that it's important that I share it with others. Because to keep it to myself would be, number one, very selfish. Um, and number two, I always tell myself, you know, I have, have an obligation to help others heal now that I know what healing looks like and um, how grief um, can have so much wisdom in it if you just sit in it and learn from it um, versus trying to numb it, suppress it, um, think that it's just going to go away over time. Um, you really can learn from it and rise up from it if you just give it an opportunity to learn from it. No, I, I, again, so, I mean, I've lost a couple of people in the last few years that were very close to me, grandparents who, you know, had a big influence on my life. The first being my grandfather a couple of years back. And, you know, I can tell you that there was a major difference between his passing and then my grandmother's passing last right. year in terms of how I dealt with it. And one thing you said there about, you know, actually sitting with it was probably the biggest key for me because, uh, you know, with my grandfather, I kind of just tried to suppress it definitely. And, you know, there was certain things that it, it definitely activated within me, which was like, you know, realizing that, you know, I, I wanted to be an entrepreneur like him and starting to go down that road. But there was a lot that I suppressed and it was probably, I would say it was over a year after it happened before I sat down with his wife and she sort of, we had this conversation and I just remember like breaking down, falling apart, tears like rolling down my face because I realized how much I had been holding in and also how much I didn't understand because I hadn't had that conversation. I, you know, he passed very suddenly and I just thought, you know, it, it just happened that way. And, you know, and there was, there was no backstory to it. There was no understanding of it. It was just, it, he was here one day and he was gone the next. Um, and with my grandmother, on the other hand, because of knowing, you know, that suppressing it and holding it in isn't a good thing to do. I was able to experience it in a different way and with a lot more understanding. And, and I found that, you know, I wasn't even, necessarily sad about it because I knew she accepted it. I knew she was okay with it. And so I was able to accept it myself. But like you said, you know, sitting in it and understanding it makes a big difference in learning from it. I mean, yeah. I could have just gone through hers and had the same sort of thing, suppress it, hold it down, and it wouldn't have done me any good. So definitely right. a, a key share there and something for anybody that is going through something like that can definitely uh, learn from. So I appreciate that. So 
in your life right now, I mean, you've, you've definitely, you know, seems like you've found your place. You said you've, you know, you've found your purpose. Would you say that you found success and fulfillment in life or that you're still on your journey towards that? Um, you know, I think that, um, success is, it's not a destination. Um, I think that it's a journey. Um, and I think that there's successes, uh, along the way of that journey. Um, and so, you know, I believe that in this moment in my life, yeah, there's definitely successes. Um, but I also know that there's so much more to do. Um, there's so much more people that I could help heal. Um, and so again, it's, to me, it's a journey and, um, but I'm very, very, uh, honored to be able to be put on this journey, if you will. And, and I say that, you know, with so much, um, so much love and, and compassion for who I am and who I was, um, when Frank was alive, because I mean, I used to sit, um, before a talk before and, be upset about having to get up there and share my story because I knew that it's because he died and it sucked that I had to be in this place because of his death. But now I can sit and appreciate and know that there's going to be things I will never understand. Like why did he get into that accident in that moment? Why did he have to die at such a young age? Um, and there's so many unanswered questions I will never get the answers for, but I'm at peace now knowing that I will never get those answers, but regardless, um, and as a result of his death, I'm here and I'm here because of being able to serve others. All right. And it's not just about me or it's not just about Frank dying. It's about really being out there and being able to serve as many people as I can to help them heal. Um, and so for me, that is like a really huge accomplishment in life to be able to understand that and embrace it. Um, and then it's just a journey now to just continue to go down that path and be able to be there for whoever needs me in their moment of sorrow and loss and trauma. No, and, and success is definitely defined differently by everybody. Yeah. You know, I've probably said it on past episodes and, it, you know, it's the fact that like for me, success for years was about the job title I had, the amount of money that I made and the things that I owned. And uh, as of like the last probably year or so of my life, I realized that none of that matters. Like what you talked about in a few minutes ago about, you know, family and, and being more connected with them. Those are the things. It's about the experiences that we have, not about the things that we have. Right. You know, so I can definitely understand where you're coming from. And, and just from, you know, following you on social, bit, it looks like you're leading a very fulfilling life in terms of, you know, the travel and the spending time. I with try. Family and, <laughs> oh, no, but it's, it's important, right? I mean, we yeah. only get one, we only get one of these and, and, you know, Absolutely. Like, we don't know how long it's going to be. We don't know how short it's going to be, how long it's going to be. We don't know what's going to happen, when it's going to happen or why. So yep. why not, you know, like you said, live in the now and, and appreciate yeah. it as much as possible. And, you know, and like you said, the journey is, is, is something that we're going to continue to be on. So I've only had one guest really say that they felt like they found success and fulfillment. So, <laughs> but it's funny, like you said, how, uh, you know, everybody defines it differently. And yeah. so I'm, I'm glad that, you know, I, what I think I'm, I take most from you is that, you know, you turned what most people would see as a really unbearable situation in life and turn it into one of the best, I guess, is, is the way I look at it. You, you, you definitely turned it around 360. And, and that's something that, you know, a lot of us, you know, can hopefully do more of in our lives, because no matter how low it gets, there's always a way to go up, I think. Yeah, I believe that too. And, 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 you know, I didn't always believe that. And so the fact that I was in that space where many people are is where they 
don't believe that they can find light and hope and love and joy again when they've experienced a, a you know deep loss or darkness in their life. I've been there and I've had that mentality and now I'm here and I have a different mentality and it's all about the journey. It's all about the healing. It's all about the mindset, um, the belief system that we have. Um, and so now that I've got a different mindset and I've changed the way I believe uh, we should live and um, how we should deal with human emotion um, when it comes to grief and loss um, has really gotten me to this place. And you know, it breaks my heart because there's a lot of people out there that regardless of watching me and being inspired by me, they still feel that where they're at is where they're going to be forever. Um, and that breaks my heart because I know that that's not true. Um, but they just need to lean in and be able to just allow themselves to feel their grief and learn from it um, and then take the steps to heal, which is what I teach people is, is, is teaching them those, those steps or giving them the tools um, to really get down a path of healing because sadness is always going to be in my heart. I'm always going to miss Frank. That is understandable, right? But doesn't mean that I can't be happy. Doesn't mean that I can't enjoy life. Doesn't mean that um, he is going to disappear. He, he's a part of everything that I do in my life, um, which is simply amazing. You know, um, I find that to be a huge blessing for me that I can now have him in my life as a guardian angel. And just to be able to share his story is such an honor. Like I think I've made Frank more famous in his afterlife than he ever was when he was alive. <laughs> so there, there's been a lot of takeaways that, that people, if they listen back to this episode and they, they, you know, were to take down notes, I'm sure there's a lot of things that you have taught them or that you can help them with. But what I like to try and do at the end, um, I've only got a couple questions left um, is could you give everybody what you would put as like three key takeaways um, as they're going through their journey, as they're trying to overcome their own struggles, their own vulnerabilities? What are three key things, three tricks, whatever it might be that you could give people um, to help them through whatever they're going through? Um, so the first one is that they need to just be okay with not being okay. There's going to be some days that are going to suck. And that's okay. We're humans and no day, uh, no, no uh, full day or whatever is going to be perfect. Um, and so just be okay with that. Um, and when you're not okay, acknowledge, acknowledge those feelings um, and allow yourself the, you know, permission to feel. Um, if you feel sad, if you feel disappointed, um, if you're scared, um, you know, be okay with feeling all of those feelings and don't pretend because the only person that you are hurting is yourself. When we suppress our human emotions, I mean, we keep it stuck down in there. It affects our entire being. It affects us physically. It affects us emotionally. It affects us mentally. So just acknowledge it and allow it to pass through you. Um, and then the other thing is to surround yourself with people that you, um, share the same vision, same mission, the same purpose, um, or people that are, um, uh, that inspire you, right? I've, I've learned through this journey as well and learning from others is that there's always going to be someone smarter than you, right? So if you're the smartest person in the room, you don't belong there, get out and go to the next room. Um, and so, you know, cause I, I, I never tell myself that I'm the smartest person. I always want to learn and grow and be inspired by others. Um, and I think that that's where a lot of people get stuck 
is they're afraid to lean into that and and let people know that they don't really know everything. But it's okay to say, hey, you know what? I don't know how to do that. Can you help me? Um, so be around people that can inspire you. Um, and then the, the last thing, and I think the most important is to love yourself beyond anything else. Because once you have this unconditional self-love, then you exude that love. Then you're able to give love and you're able to receive love. Because if you don't love yourself, people are going to love you as much as you love you. People are going to respect you as much as you respect yourself, right? And so it's, it's this energy and this attraction, right? Law of attraction. And so when you have that deep love for you, I mean, it doesn't mean that you're selfish. It doesn't mean that you're narcissistic. It just means that you're going to accept who you are in this space, in this moment. And who the hell cares what anyone else thinks, <laughs> right? It's not a popularity contest. It's not about how many likes you have on Instagram or LinkedIn or Facebook. It's not about how many comments you have. Man, if I have a post and I'm talking about something that I believe is very deep and someone needs to hear it, even if I got five likes and one person commented, or maybe they didn't comment, but that helped to save them from trying to kill themselves, then I did my job. Right. So it's not about how many people are acknowledging what you're posting. Um, to me, it's about, you know, if you can reach a soul to help to serve um, through your story, um, then you've done a good deed and you should be happy about that and not worry about getting the masses to follow you. You know, um, I think that that's where a lot of people in today's society get stuck is oh my God, I don't have enough followers. I think I, I need to get more followers or I need to maybe take down this post and put something else because this one's not working. Um, and it's, ne it's never been about that for me. That's even from the beginning when I was just journaling, it was just like post and let it go. You know, so if I am feeling something in this moment, I'm going to post it. If I feel like I have a message, I'm going to go live, I'll go live. And if you tune in, you tune in because people are going to watch it later anyway, right? Or people will come back later on. Um, but you're, you're out there to, to serve a purpose, um, is what I believe. And so everybody has a message. Everybody has a talent. Everybody has something to offer to the world. Um, so I think you should just embrace that, love yourself and be able to know that whatever you give, then someone else will be able to learn and, and be inspired by it. Well, I just, it, it's funny cause I, I literally was on a walk with my dog a couple mornings ago. And as I was taking that walk, I've just started to put myself back out on social media recently. And, and I realized as I was taking that walk, because it's a great time, honestly, I, I've started meditation and a bunch of other stuff. But like when you're outside in the early morning, and nobody's around, and it's quiet, and it's just you and maybe your dog, it, it's, there's a lot of introspection that happens. And the thing that hit me is what you just mentioned is, you know, all I care about now, coming back to social media, doing whatever I'm doing, whether it's this podcast, building a personal brand, whatever it is, the, the only thing I'm concerned about is impacting one person. Yeah. If I impact one person, I've done my job. Other than that, it's, you know, great. If I get a thousand likes, if I get two likes, it doesn't matter. It's, right. it's about impacting that one person. And, and I might not even know it. They yeah. might not comment. They might not reach out. They might not mm -hmm. say anything. But as long as I've impacted that one person, that's all that matters to me. So yeah. I couldn't agree more. So the last thing, um, that I like to do. It's not so much of a question, but I like to give everybody an opportunity to sort of promote whatever they're doing, promote anything that they want to talk about, that they want people to know about, uh, let people know where to find them. Because again, this podcast is about other people telling their stories and, and being able to put themselves out there and in, in, in the hopes of helping people. So 
anything you want to promote, the floor is yours. Go ahead. Yeah, so um, I do have a, a website um, that uh, features all of the different things that I do, and it's um, darlenegarcia.org.org, um, and you can find all the different programs. So I am a grief recovery specialist, or I like to call myself a grief coach. Um, I'm a life coach, and I focus really more on um, self-love transformation, but I could pretty much help you with anything from a, from a coaching program. It's a transformational coaching um, that I do. So whether it's career coaching or health coaching, um, you know, but really I focus a lot of my energy on self-love transformation because I feel that once you get there, um, then you pretty much are, can, you know, the, the world is at your fingertips is how I see it. Um, and then the other thing that I do is I'm also an HR consultant. Um, and my mission there is to really help leaders and organizations understand what it means to have grief in the workspace um, and when they don't have programs in place to support their employees after they come back from a grief or loss event in their life um, it could cost them millions of dollars um, it leads to you know lack of motivation and productivity in those employees that may feel unsupported by their employer um, and then just helping to build a culture of compassion um, on a daily basis, because once you have a culture of compassion, then when someone comes back, it's kind of already living and breathing in your organization. You don't really have to think too much about how you can be there and hold space for them and be supportive of them. Um, so that is another piece that I do. Um, I do online coaching programs. I do in-person coaching programs and I do weekend workshops. And so depending on when you post this, I actually have a weekend workshop um, in Washington, D.C. coming up um, October 19 and 20. Um, and you can also find all of that information on my website. Again, that's darlinegarcia.org. You can find me on LinkedIn, on um, Instagram, on Facebook and on Twitter. And it's all my name. Um, with the exception of Instagram, I think I have a page called Purposeful Journey. Um, but if you look up Darlene Garcia, it'll pull up as well. So, um, yeah, so I mean, they can pretty much find me anywhere. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, no, I know. So I'll have that linked in the show notes, obviously. And um, but yeah, it's uh, it's this has been, you know, impactful for me. And I know it's going to be impactful for other people. I really appreciate you being so open and, and willing to go to those places that not everybody is, is willing to go to. I, again, the, the whole point of this is to really find those different stories. Like I haven't really, I don't think I've had one so far. I mean, I'm only eight in, so I'm not, you know, that far in, but I've, I haven't had one story that's the same. And that's the part that I think is going to help people the most, because no matter what you're going through, like I said earlier, there, there's a way out. Um, and right. hopefully through one of these episodes or all of them or listening to your story or whatever it might be, it can help that person get through. And like we said, you know, impacting one person is really all that matters. So Again, thank you very much for, for joining me today and, and coming on, Darlene. And uh, I, I'm sure, you know, there'll have to be another episode in the future because I'm sure we've all <laughs> sort of touched on things today. So again, thank you very much for coming. Right. Up. Well, thank you again for having me, Brian. It's been uh, an amazing honor and um, it was really cool chatting with you too. So thank you so much. All right. Take care. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Vulnerable Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and leave a review. It helps get the word out and means more than you know. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram at vulnerable.podcast or on Facebook and LinkedIn by searching Vulnerable Podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at the B-E-Almeida 
That's D-B-E-A-L-M-E-I-D-A, or by searching my name on Facebook and LinkedIn. If you know anyone with a great story of going from struggle to success, please let me know as I would love to interview them for the show. I appreciate you taking the time to listen and see you next week.